Sports Betters Podcast, Season 2, Episode 14, The Winter Classic with Maddie and Smitty, brought to you on the Inside the Rink Podcast Network. InsideTheRink.com is your one-stop shop. For all your NHL and PHF news, insight, and analysis, follow on Twitter at Inside underscore the underscore rink and download the Inside the Rink app to get everything on the website. Right in your phone, and Smitty has some info about our partnership with ESPN+. Plus. Sure, yeah, you'll be able to watch the Bruins on ESPN Plus by signing up for ESPN Plus on InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN. I love ESPN Plus. I love all the out-of-market hockey games, all the college hockey, the soccer, the college basketball, college football bowl season, and you get much, much, much more. All kind of things. Uh, so you much. can sign up for ESPN Plus at InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN. Again, that is InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN. Yeah, some great stuff on ESPN. And uh, I'll tell you what, it doesn't have the most watched NHL regular season game ever on cable TV because that was the Winter Classic. How about that? This year's Winter Classic, yeah. Yeah, number one ever regular season game on cable TV for the NHL uh, with 1.8 million do- million viewers, 2.1 million viewers at the most, and that was between 5 and 5.15 Eastern time, right when the Bruins were coming back. So, Yeah, I mean, the Bruins are kind of, I mean, they're a big draw. They played in a lot of these. Uh, Fenway yeah. Park's, you know, picturesque venue but tell you as a hockey venue it absolutely blows yeah we'll, we'll touch on that later but it blows i mean I, I can't think of it i mean what i mean maybe like if you're in the i guess above in the monster seats there's no good seat in the, the only good the, the only good seats i would say are like the uh the club seats kind of the uh like the luxury box seats going yeah. up the first baseline and oh, right. and then yeah. and then yeah. like that that roof deck maybe the Sam Adams roof deck yeah. and like that that roof area along the first baseline but other than that right. a garbage like the, the garbage. like the the monster seats are too far away yeah, the, they the, are far. They're way far away yeah. yeah you can't see what's going on I mean it's nice yeah. to be up there and all but that's too far yeah, away way far away so um I don't know. I, I've been to all the ones that they've had in Boston, all the Winter Classics in Boston. I thought our seats for the first one were actually better than the seats that I had for this one. This one, we were in uh, Grandstand 20, behind, kind of behind home plate. So we okay. were kind of had a diagonal view at the end. Uh, the Bruins shot at twice, uh, okay. which was nice. But yeah. um, pole right in the middle. Yeah, of course, yeah. Pole right in the middle. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so, um, and then the TV that was in the section was about 25 seconds behind. So oh, nice. Yeah. So yeah. that was awesome. So you get the roar of the crowd and then you yeah. get, uh, yeah. So you could, you could watch the play and then you could look yeah. at the TV and watch it again. Right. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. So, uh, no, yeah, it's just yeah. a terrible venue. And, and I, th- and I thought we were, we, we both went to the one at Gillette, uh, not a great outcome, yeah. but a much better venue for much better. for hockey. Yeah. And we were far away. We were in the 300 level, but we were dead center ice and we yeah. could see everything perfect. And it was great. Perfectly. Yeah. Perfectly. I mean, that, that, yeah. I mean, the football stadium is much better because yeah. it's all, it's oval. Right. Like it's, yeah, it's, you know, it just, you can fit it in right in there and it's nice, but Fenway is just, there's no, I don't think there's any real way to, to put it like even at a concert, they're in deep center field. Like if you're in anywhere in the seating, you're far away from the, even the concert venue. Yeah. 
yeah. at Fenway. It's just a hard thing to watch anything other than baseball in. Right. It's just, you know, it's just, it's, you know, 1912. Yeah, it's know. an odd-shaped like, park, so it, it really isn't conducive to anything other than baseball. No, no, you're, you're absolutely right. But, you know, hey, it was a beautiful day. I mean, it was a perfect day yeah. for hockey. Yeah, a great day and a, and a hell of a nice win. So, you uh, know, we'll, we'll, we'll take that. Like the crowd, tell you what, the crowd was electric when, was when they started coming back. Like it was yeah. loud. Yeah. Uh, so it was, you know, that whole part of it was fun. But tell you, the, the first two periods were a fucking wet fart. I mean, it was just oh, they awful. Just like the puck, like the Gillette the, game. Yeah. The Canadians. It just looked like they weren't showing up. Or, and, I, you know, some of it's the ice. And some yeah. Of it's, I mean, the puck was you know, bouncing. Just, and, yeah, yeah, it was just, it was, it was miserable. It was miserable. Yeah, it was. All right. So weekend review time. And first, December 31st, New Year's Eve against Buffalo. A 4-3 to three loss in the shootout for the Bruins. Uh, the Bruins played, I, I thought, you know, actually fairly well and take a one nothing lead on a goal by Pasternak as 25th, only to have Tage Thompson, who's having a terrific year, tie mm-hmm. it three minutes later. And then Alex Tuck scored the only goal in the second period. Bruins are a good third-period team, and Bergeron on the power play ties it. And then Martian puts the Bruins ahead 3-2, to two, and you think, okay, looks like they'll win another game at home. But the Bruins have a 5-on-3 for almost a full two minutes, and then a 5-on-4 power play, and can't put the game away and it proves costly. Dylan Cousins scores with 137 left to tie it and a shot uh, Swayman probably should have had. And then Alex Tuck scores in overtime and the Bruins lose in OT. Buffalo goalie Uko Pekalukanen was fantastic with 37 saves. It looks to be the only recipe for beating the Bruins is yeah. outstanding goaltender. Right. Uh, but the Bruins are still undefeated at home in regulation. Yeah, I mean, all the Bruins losses lately have been just goaltenders just playing out of their minds. Um, the Buffalo goalie played uh, unbelievably well. He made a save on Pasternak on the five on, I think it was the five on three power play that the, that could have sealed the game for the Bruins and Pasta just couldn't get it up over his pad. He made a uh, kind of a sprawling desperation save. Uh, so yeah, I mean, Buffalo, Buffalo earned the victory, but um, you know, the Bruins probably deserved a little bit better in that game. I thought so. I mean, I thought they played. I thought they played pretty well. I mean, I I, I really did. And then you know, Thompson's been terrific, and yeah, and been. Tuck's had a good year too. And yeah, and they, uh, you know, the Sabers are you know are decent. You know, they're they, they're they, on the come. They are. They they yeah. need a couple more pieces, maybe a couple more veterans who can play. But other than that, I mean, they're they're decent, and uh, they played a good road game and. And they did enough to win uh, in overtime. Uh, all right. So now January 2nd, Pittsburgh, the winter classic at Fenway, a two to one win for Boston. And, and as you say, uh, Smitty Penguins play a solid defensive road game. Bruins were just bad for two periods. Yeah. Uh, the ice surface didn't help. I don't think, no. but there are a lot of turnovers. I mean, it's just a yeah. lot of turning the puck over, you know, over skating it. Some of that's the ice. Some of it just was the Bruins not in sync. Uh, yeah. not, you know, the passes weren't tape to tape. Uh, it was really hard for them. I thought just to get into a rhythm outdoors, uh, captain scores for Pittsburgh all alone in front. Uh, but Almark was able to keep it one to nothing. The Bruins have a signature third period and Jake DeBrusque scores two after Monty changes the lines up a bit. Uh, Bruins win two to one. Geno Malcolm finds the next just after the horn. 
Bruins now three and one in winter classics, four and one in over in outdoor games. Uh, they play the NHL outdoor game at Lake Tahoe against the Flyers. Bruins win against the Penguins, and as we said, average one point eight million viewers on TNT, up thirty one percent from the two thousand twenty two event, most watched regular season NHL game on cable TV in history. I mean, that's that's pretty amazing. Pretty amazing, it really is. especially considering that it wasn't really a great game. I mean, it was. No. I mean, there was some drama at the end, but uh, yeah. you know, it's it it, uh, it was kind of like an NBA game where you you know you turn in for the last you know five ten minutes yeah, and, and you get yeah. you get the whole thing. Like the first two periods, you I mean, you could have you could have been you know cutting the grass or you know oh, sure. grocery shopping right. or doing something yeah. doing something else and you yeah. wouldn't have missed anything uh so uh yeah do some chores around the house and then show up yeah. for the third in this one uh yeah. but it was nice to see the the bruins uh come back and get a win and and jake uh was fantastic in this game he hit the post in the first period too uh one of the one, uh, early on so he could have had a hat trick he he kind of uh partially blocked malkin's shot there at the end mm-hmm. uh that may have uh prevented that from actually crossing the line in time for pittsburgh mm-hmm. to tie it up so uh jake had a huge huge game for them and uh they needed needed every bit of it they did and you know i thought that it was eerily similar to the other fenway game in 2010 where mm. bruins were down one nothing you know it didn't have much going on and then recce scored that goal on the tip yep. uh to tie it and then of course Sturm in overtime mm-hmm. it was sort of a similar game you know two to one fenway game where the ice sucks and yeah. you know it's 50 degrees and um you know, it's you know it. In the beginning, the ice was great, but as the game went on, it quickly deteriorated, uh, and the Bruins had to adjust. And I didn't think they adjusted very well no. for the first two periods, but then finally they they got it going and and put some pressure on and were able to get get the win. Um, all right, so now seven chirps. Uh, and it's sponsored by Lops Brewing. Lops is a brewery and tasting room in downtown Woonsocket, Rhode Island. Specialized ales and lagers. It's open seven days a week. You can use the coupon code SPORTS to get 10% off your online order. Go to lopsbrewing.com and follow them at Lops Brewing for new beers and events on social media. Uh, chirp number one, WEI, is Rich Keefe reported that a deal between David Pasternak and Boston is imminent at eight years, $88 million. Pasta's agent called it rubbish and still no announcement. So it looks like it was, in fact, garbage. Yeah, uh, that's my number, though. That's what I hope he signs for. Uh, If not, you know, a little less. I don't think that's going to happen because of the way he's been playing uh, and and some other contracts around the league. But uh, that was my number. And and I hope Keith is right in the end. We had him on our uh, on a podcast before and, and he's a great guest and a great guy. So yeah. hopefully he proves to be right. But uh, right now it doesn't look that way. Um, and hopefully it gets done and done soon because the longer this uh, goes towards the all-star break, the more worried I become. Sure. And, you know, and on his radio show, he, he, Keith said, you know, I said it because I have a source who's been right about the ruins before who said it was going to happen. And then there was some, you know, there was some sort of rumors going around that maybe it was during the winter classic or right around it, that they were waiting to do it then. And, um, you know, I, I, like you, I get, of course I've been, more nervous earlier than you were, mm-hmm. but I get even more and more nervous. And then when his agent said recently, just a few days ago, that 
you know, Pasternak, you know, the Bruins like to sign team friendly deals, uh, similar to McAvoy and Marsha and even Pasternak in, in, uh, in, you know, in his first deal. Mm -hmm. And, and then when he said, you know, essentially Pasternak's not looking for that. He's looking for market. And then I thought to myself, that's like the first time they ever actually said, yeah, it is about the money. When Pasternak before has said, oh, money's not that big of a deal to me and so forth, they actually came out and said it. Now, that makes me even more nervous yeah. that, this, that this is not, this is going to end with either the Bruins with their tail between their legs, giving them whatever he wants, or him walking. Yeah, that's the part that scares the hell out of me is the him yeah. walking part. Like, and I've, I've said it on this podcast a million times before, you can't let guys that score 40 goals walk away for nothing. You no. can't. Yeah. You can't. You can't really let them walk away, first of all. Right. So you really right. should do whatever it takes to sign the guy. In my opinion, right. you got to do whatever it takes to sign him. Uh, right. But if but if you can't, you have to move him for some pieces. You can't let him walk away for nothing. I know you're in a. I know you're. I know you're in a cup drive and and one of the favorites right now. Um, but you 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 just can't get to the point where you let the guy walk for nothing. You can't do it. No. It, no. And you can't. And it really comes down to in the beginning of March there when the trade line deadline comes, do you have to make a really difficult decision during a, a what seems to be a cup run <laughs> and say, okay, how are we going to protect ourselves for the future here? If he's still got his, you know, skates in the, in the ice digging in and you don't really want to go much further, you know, don't you have to say, well, if we're not going much further and he doesn't want to meet us at the middle here, then what do you do? Do you just play it out and say, okay, we're just going to take our losses when he leaves, which would be just a colossal error. Yeah. It would be a huge, it would be a huge mistake. Because then what if you lose in the second round? Yeah. And then you, and you end up with nothing and then Pasternak leaves. Like it's just, I mean, my God, I mean, that would be such a brutal friggin' error. Like it would be just awful. And, and it would just be, and you think people are down on Sweeney now. Oh my God! Holy smokes! Yeah, I, mean, I don't think he'd survive that. I don't. I, I don't know if he would. he would. I don't know if he would either. Um, all right, uh, chirp number two. A uh, surprising stat here: the Zaka Krejci Pasternak line is the sixth worst line in the league statistically. So they maybe need to try Taylor Hall back there for a bit. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we we just generated a decent amount of buzz uh, back and forth yeah. and, and some comments on Twitter and stuff. People saying, well, if you watch the games, that's not actually true. Well, I mean, the analytics say that it is true. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm going to go and with what pretty the... pretty alarming rate. Yeah, I'm like, going to go with like, what the stats say. Know. I mean, people are like, oh, but they score goals. They do, but they give up a bunch too. That's what the problem is. They right. scored, you know... Well, I expected nine and a half or whatever, but their expected goals against are like 12 and a half. Yeah. It's so true. it's, it's not yeah. good. So, yeah. uh, you know, Krejci is not the fastest guy. Pasternak's not the best defensive guy. Uh, so the two of them together is a little bit of an issue. It seems so. I don't know what exactly you can do if, if Hall is the difference or if you, you know, like they tend to do sometimes as you move Pasternak back, back with, you know, Marshan and Bergeron, and then you plug somebody else in there with uh, Krejci and, and Zaka. I don't know who it is now with DeBrusque, um, you know, banged up. But, um, 
you know, yeah. maybe you gotta you gotta mix it up there a little bit to to you know jumpstart them or something five on five there because they just haven't been great five on five. No, they haven't. And they, what was it the Buffalo game where they were out chance seventeen to one? Or yeah, something, something like that. So it was I mean, like seventeen to one. Yeah, like, that's you know five on five. That's not good at all. Like, no, that's really bad. It is. Like, so yeah, they haven't been that bad all the time. There's been other games when they've been pretty good. Yeah, but to be that colossally bad is is kind of alarming. And the stats say I don't know what the stats are. I mean, Krejci's a plus three on a team that has a bunch of guys in double digit, digit plus minus. Like he's a plus three, and he and he was just even up until like the last game or two. So five on five, he's not great. The power play, he's you know they've been great with him, and he's been a big, huge factor in them being a better, more balanced offensive team as a playmaking center, which we've said all along they really needed last year and they didn't have. Um, but he hasn't been great five on five, and like you said, he's not super fast. He always seems to get pinned deep, and the transition is not you know transition defense for them. They struggle with because Pasternak's not great, and Krejci's too slow. So they do get pinned sometimes and they give up goals on the other end and they just do. So as the playoffs come, I think you have to really make a decision on what, how's that going to work? Like this game now, just came recently, the winter classic, they went back to Parsonak on the top line and shuffle some things around and it works. So I wonder if Montgomery would be like Cassidy and if things aren't going well, would he go back to Marchand, Bergeron, Parsonak, you know, when push comes to shove, will he will he go and play that card? I think you know, I think in the postseason. Yeah, I think that's a possibility, and I think you could see DeBrusque there because he gives you know that line. You know, he's a little bit more tenacious than Pasta is. You know, he'll yeah. hunt pucks, and and you know he's a little bit more physical. He's got some speed. He back checks you know pretty well now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's playing more of a two hundred foot game than he than he ever has previously. So. Um, you know, he's really kind of rounding into an all-around player, and maybe maybe that's the fit. Maybe they just swap those two guys when when DeBrus comes back, and and uh, that will shore things up for them a little bit. Yeah, I think if Zaka next year, if Zaka is a center, a top six center on your top, you know, two center on your team next year, I think. I, I I'd like to see Zaka play with like Hall and DeBrusque. I think so you know, too. You know, two two guys who have some speed, two guys who are kind of you know who, who can who can make, who can score goals and who can create chances and things. And Zaka is a really smart player. He is. Good to a player. I think that's the right fit for him. And he's a couple of goal scoring players who would speed with him. And I think that would, that would help him a ton. Uh, if he ends up being a center on the team next year, uh, chip three, who was more important to the Bruins, David Pasternak, or Charlie McAvoy. Oh, that's really, really that's tough. tough it really is. Um, well, you go first. You go okay, first. Here's what I'm going to go. I'm going to go with your philosophy. Pasternak is because you can't find 40 goal scorers. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's really the bottom line. Like, I get the whole, you know, top defensemen. You know, they, they aren't easy to find either. But I think at the end of the day, uh, you could survive more going forward without a McAvoy type, but you can't really survive if you don't have, like you can't replace Pasternak 
right. as easy. He's a 40-goal, maybe even a 50-goal scorer on your team, and that just doesn't grow on trees, as Smitty would say. Yeah, I think the answer, and as much as much as I love McAvoy, and everybody knows I love McAvoy, um, the answer is Pasternak, just for that reason. You can't replace a 40-goal, 50-goal scorer on your team. Um especially on this particular roster you i mean you have other guys who can score that they're deep but no one is the threat that that Pasternak is and and you saw it earlier in the season when McAvoy was out Lindholm stepped up and was fantastic i mean we were talking about a Norris trophy for Lindholm at the and you know the first sure. 15 20 games of the season cuz he was playing so well so they have kind of a 1b guy there now that could step in for McAvoy you know he doesn't play the same side but essentially you have two number ones on the team in in mm-hmm. Lindholm and McAvoy so I think you yeah. could you could withstand that um you know whatever injury or whatever it was that kept McAvoy out of the lineup more than you could um replace Pasternak yeah I agree and I I think like you said Lindholm is you know very good and he could play a ton of minutes and you still have Carlo an extended amount of time and you know you you could you could you could find another guy probably in there, but without Pasternak, especially with Marshan getting older and Bergeron and Krejci may be done and you don't have Pasternak. I mean, that's, that's a, just a bigger loss. It's just, it has to be a bigger loss uh, because of what you will not have in the future uh, coming back. Chirp four, two games at Fenway, two, two to one games with bad ice. The event is cool, but the game usually stinks. It does. It does. Yeah. Uh, it does. Yeah. I mean, this was not a great game until the end. The other Bruins game at Fenway was not a great game until the end. The one at Gillette was an absolute atrocity. It was. It was uh, awful. Montreal just kicked our ass up and up and down the ice. Marchand got yep. suspended two games, two like two days before the Winter Classic, so he missed it. Right. Somebody else got hurt right before it. So, uh, I mean, that was just an absolute trash lineup and a, and a horrible mm-hmm. game. Um uh, the Lake Tahoe game, it, they had to postpone it because of, I don't know, glare or ice conditions or what it was. Right. But yeah. uh, the Bruins ended up playing well in that one. But, um, you know, usually the games just aren't very exciting. It's like Thursday night football. It's a slog. Nobody wants yeah. to watch it. It's on anyway. People watch it. But, yeah, you know, it's a it's a spectacle more than a good hockey game. Yeah, it is. And it's it has an exhibition type feel kind of thing all-star game-ish type feel yeah but it's a regular season game that's typically especially this time of the year is a pretty important game mm-hmm. you know and then you're putting them out there in these types of situations but here, here is why the 2016 game against montreal was so bad for the bruins here's the lineup that i tweeted out <laughs> on this one okay that actually I, I give the credit to um to emily benjamin who had it uh she had it out i think it was yeah. right um so Louis Erickson on the on the left wing with Bergeron and Seth Griffith is your top line <laughs> winger on nice. the right side. Yeah, uh, your your second line is uh, Ryan Spooner Spoons. Uh, he centered Matt Bolesky and Brett Connolly. Wow. Yeah, and then uh, your third line was Landon Ferraro as the center with Frank Vitrano and Alexander Koklachev was your right winger on the third line, and then the the fourth line was Max Talbot. As the center, centering Zach Ronaldo and Jimmy Hayes. Well, no wonder so, they lost six. So to that's two. why they lost five to one. <laughs> oh, that's what it was, five to one. Yeah, five I thought to it one. was six to yeah. two. But whatever. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Same difference. They lost, they lost <laughs> in yeah, pretty good fashion because that, and, and to think that we went to the classic at that time and thought, all right, Bruins got to win the classic today. Yeah. And didn't, I, I don't even remember. I mean, honestly, that, that is awful. It really I is. Don't I don't remember it being that awful. No. Like thinking about it now terrific. and you're like, wow, the Bruins really didn't have any depth, did they? They were Nothing. just brutal. Yes. Oh my God. Can you look at the, the team now? No wonder why the, the, they're probably the third, you know, at least the third best team in the history of the team yeah. franchise because their, their team now is light years ahead of that lineup. Oh yeah. I, I mean, mean I think is. it was I think it was Krejci was the other guy who got hurt. I think Krejci yes, was the guy was who Krejci. got hurt. It must have been Krejci and Marshan. Yeah. So Krejci out. got hurt and Marshan uh, got suspended right before it. Yeah, but I, I mean that would make a that time. would make a big difference. But still, I mean, yeah, some of the would. like Jesus, some yeah. of those guys in the top six: Seth Griffith, Matt Bolesky, Brett Connolly. Come on, yeah. that's awful. I mean, how about your right wings: Griffith, Connolly, Kuklachev, Hayes? Wow, those are your right wings. Yeah, that's that's not. That's not any good. Yeah, it was Emily Benjamin who, who tweeted yeah. that out, and I was like, wow. I looked at it, and I said, I, I can't remember going into that game. I mean, that's just that's just bad. That's really, really bad. So here's how far they've gone you know, in the last seven years. Yeah. Is now that they're very, very good and very talented. Mm-hmm. Uh, chirp 5, Bobby Orr, Johnny Busick, and Zdeno Chara out for the puck drop. Early on, no Raymond Bork. Your thoughts on that one? It's a little bit interesting to me. A little, yeah, a little I, I strange. So I mean, yeah. I thought, you know, he should have been there. Maybe, I mean, maybe out of scheduling thing, scheduling conflict or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I, I would think that, you know, of all the guys, I mean, because he's around the team a little bit too. Yeah, you know, doing sure. alumni events and so forth. So, um, yeah. that's a well, strange one. Sees him at the garden all the time. Yeah, I mean, that's a strange one to me that that yeah. he wasn't out there. I mean, because. The, for some of that stuff, they brought out a shit ton of guys. So, like, yeah. you know, I may did he mean did the NHL say you can only have three? I mean, I don't know, yeah, but but, but I think I would think Orbusik and Bork would be the three. I mean, no offense to Charlie. Yeah, I mean, I, death, but, but the, like, the, I think this generation of fans doesn't doesn't right. really know. I mean, so, I guess they know they would probably know. Guy out there yeah, I mean, they would know, know Bork yeah. more than Busick, but you know, you right. c- you got to have the chief, and then yeah, sure. you know, you got to have Bobby yeah. Orr. So, um, yeah. but I don't know. I mean, it's a, it is it's a, it's kind of a weird thing to me um, that they that they didn't have him included in it. Yeah, they certainly wouldn't have Cam Neely out there. You, you know, it, uh, <laughs> because no, they don't want to take that. They don't want to take the chance of him no. getting booed because he because no. it's possible. It's it possible. And, and to have, you imagine having Cam Neely and John Henry out there together. It would have been like, you know. Yeah. Oh, my God. You know, cats and dogs living together. Um, all right. Chirp six. Jake DeBrux, DeBrusque breaks his fibula during the Winter Classic at some point. Uh, so the Bruins recall Chris Wagner. Sneaky big loss for the Bees here. I think it is. I mean, isn't he second on the team in goals? I think it absolutely is. I don't know if it's, I don't know if, I guess it's not really sneaky, probably. I I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's kind of a big loss. I mean, he's been, he's been one of their most consistent players. Um, Amazing to say, but one of their most consistent players day in, day out for for the whole season. Like, no question. There hasn't been many games where you're like, oh, Jake, Jake wasn't skating tonight, or Jake, you know, was dogging it on the back check. Like, he's, he's been, and that's, 
what we've said about him in the past is he'll go on runs where he'll score goals and then he'll go on, you know, dry spells where he disappears for 14, 15, 20 games where, right. you know, you yeah. get nothing. Yeah. Um, and it just seems like he, it's, I don't know if it's clicked in his head or if it's a new coach, a new philosophy, whatever the coaches are saying to him now, um, just maturity in general. I don't know what it is, but whatever it is, it seems to have clicked with him and he's been, you know, a dynamic player for them. Um, since the since the you know opening game yeah it's been i mean he was a habitual bender last season like we had especially the beginning of the year like he was just always like one of the guys we talk about as being a bender for the week because he would disappear but this year he's been terrific and he, and he was really good at the end of last year he was of course, when he moved up to the right wing top line right wing i mean their record with him at top line right wing is like insane. Yeah. It's like 40 games over 500 or something. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's really insane. So that to me, that's, that's the number one reason yeah. that it's a big loss, but then it just, it just brings everybody to it. You know, whenever you shake up the lineup, so everybody has to play sort of out of their comfort zone, it always sort of shakes you up a little bit. Now I think they're talented enough to win yeah. games and so forth. And Pashnak will probably play in the top line. I would assume, mm -hmm. um, but it, it does take away that advantage you have of like Hall on the third line. And, you know, it kind of brings you back down to earth. And and if another guy gets dinged up, then you're in trouble. So if he's out four to six weeks, he's got a broken bone. I mean, I would assume it would be four to six weeks. So, you know, if, if he's out for that long and someone else gets dinged up, now you're in trouble. So, I you yeah. know, I, I don't know if, I mean, is this the type of thing that would that would sort of, raise a sense of urgency to go out and get somebody or to make a move or to trade some of the dead weight you have there in Riley and Smith and these guys. I mean, to me, it does to me. I, I think I would, I mean, I think you should do it anyway. Um, yeah, I think you should too. I, I mean, think you, you should do it anyway. Cause, around. Yeah. Cause you have guys yeah. sitting around, you have, you have guys, um, you know, that you could maybe plug in that would be upgrades to uh, yeah. those guys or depth guys that you would rather have than some of those guys. So uh, to me, I think you do it and um, you know, it'll just be an added bonus when Jake gets back. Yeah. I mean, you've had, you have Strawman and Saboro just haven't played hockey. No. Right. I mean, they haven't played hockey. Um, yeah, I don't even know what Zaboro's doing now. He passed through waivers. He's not playing in Providence and, and who, I don't who is Zaboro. Uh, Strawman. Strawman. Strawman hasn't reported. Yeah. So he's doing nothing. He's essentially retired. He hasn't played much at all. He played 13 games. Yeah. You know, he hasn't done anything. He's he with the big club, but he's just sitting. He, he, you know? he just sits. Yeah. And then Riley's in the AHL, but that's a waste of time. Yeah. Um, you know, and Smith's been in and out of the lineup. So you have some guys there that, you know, and I know you're not going to get much for them, but, you know, I, Maybe maybe it's time to try, you know to kind of make a move and see if you can, you know, do something. I mean, people have talked about Jacob Vrana was put on, you know, through waivers and then passed through waivers. Um, you know, I don't. I mean, I then the other thing is, do you do you, you know, who do you get? I mean, do you get a guy just to get a guy, or do you, I, I think you want to try to make a trade that's going to be someone who's going to have an impact. Yeah, going forward, even yeah. when you're healthy. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's what I'm looking to do. I'm looking yeah. to make a move for a guy that has an impact going forward and, and potentially, you know, into next year and beyond too. Sure. I'm, With some term I, and, right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. It, 
my my first choice would be a guy with term, and then second choice, I guess, would be a yeah. rental or something like that. But uh, you know, I was looking, I was looking through at some centers because I was thinking of centers mm-hmm. and so forth. And you know, it was a couple of guys like like Kevin Hayes with the Flyers yeah. and Matt Duchesne with the Predators, but they make so much friggin' money, yeah, that they just can't. And they have a little bit of term left. I think Duchesne has a year, and I think Hayes might have two or three something. Um, but if they didn't make so much money and have so much term left, those would be uh, really good guys to get for the run. Sure. You know I mean, like Duchesne would be great for this team. Absolutely. I mean, he's super talented and um, centerman. And I mean, put him on this team. My God. I mean, that, that'd be pretty freaking good. Um, but, you know, there's just not enough room. And I don't know. This trade deadline is going to be interesting. I don't think you're going to see a lot of moves because teams just don't have money. Yeah. And they don't want to take on more money. You know, it's just a really bad time right now uh, for teams and scary when the cap's only going up a million mm-hmm. next year as well. Um, all right, trip seven. NHL revamps the all-star voting. Yeehaw. Giving more uh, influence to fans, including a Twitter voting component. Your thoughts on this atrocity? I mean, <laughs> I hate, I was, I was going to put it out there. I have learned to hate the all-star games Anyway, and two, I hate fans voting in the all-star game at all. I think it's, I think it sucks. I think it's stupid. And I think that the players should just vote for who the best players in the league are. They'll tell you the truth. They know who the best players are. Let the players just pick the teams and play a decent hockey game. You know, that's it. Like, yeah, I mean, they knock it off. They really should do. They really should do. And well, and the other thing that, that uh, you know, MLB does it too. Is re- a representative from every team. Hmm. You mean to tell me the twenty-point Chicago Blackhawks or or the twenty-four-point Arizona Coyotes or the twenty-four-point Columbus Blue Jackets one, or twenty-four-point Anaheim Ducks deserve to have a guy there? No, they don't. They don't. I, I mean, Zegers is exciting, fine. Johnny Gaudreau, exciting, great. Like, but. Not every team deserves to have a guy. Like no. last year, Ottawa, there's a guy from Ottawa made it instead of, I don't know, somebody from the Bruins, and I was pissed off about it. It was probably Marchand. Was, was it yeah. Marchand was like yeah. fourth in the league in scoring or something. Right, yeah, and Drake Batherson makes the fucking yeah. all-star team instead of Brad yes. Marchand. It's like, give yeah. me a break. Yeah. Stupid. Who who would you rather watch play? Yeah. I mean, who would you, I have no offense to Drew Batherson. Nice kid. You know, good player. <laughs> Fine. But who would you rather watch play? Marshall, the I'll tell you what, if the Ottawa Senators are on the Winter Classic, 1.8 million people aren't watching Drew Batherson. No. No. I mean, unless he has 1.8 million family members, <laughs> no, no, no one's watching that. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, just have the players pick the teams and just have them pick the best 28, whatever the hell players there are, and let's just play the game. Like, just play the game. I just, I just can't, I can't take it. Like, stop it. Like, and make it an outdoor game. Like, make that the outdoor game. I just, you know, just, just have it a big friggin' well, they, big I, fan fest I, and everything else. Yeah. So my opinion on the on the outdoor games, and and I don't know if we're gonna, I, I we're gonna talk about this a little later. So I'll, I'll save it for then. I'll save it. Okay. I'll save All right. it. We'll we'll save it for then. But yeah, the whole the whole fan voting, I, knock it off. I mean, it's just stupid. It's not 1975. I mean, here's the thing about all star games. They used to be great because you used to never see like half right. the league. Yeah. Like never, especially in baseball. Like, yeah. 
never see National League play. Yeah, there's no winter league play. Yeah, so you didn't see him. Mike Schmidt and all these guys, yeah. like you never get to see. Now everybody's on TV all the friggin' time. Like it doesn't, you see. Well, and you play them. Social media, you play them. You play, you play them all. Yeah. Yeah. You play them too much, to be honest with you. Yeah. So I don't, I see Drew Batherson enough. Yeah. Okay, sorry, Drew, but Christ. Like, I mean, honest. Um, all right, time for beauties and benders. Um, Drew Batherson will not be a bender. Uh, all right, the beauties. Number three, beauty, the Bruins and Red Sox jerseys. going to love you, eh? They're going to be loving you from dawn until dusk. This was an awesome idea. It was. Uh, and when they came off the butt, like Bergeron and Martian legitimately looked like 1930s baseball players. Yeah, they like, did. They both looked like two guys from the 1930s playing baseball. It was a really cool idea. Great unis. Yeah. I just thought it was awesome. Yeah, really. they, did, they did. They did a really nice job with it all. Uh, apparently it was like touch and go whether they're going to get all the, uh, all the spikes and equipment and all right. everything in, in time. But uh, you know they ended up pulling it off, and it was uh, it was awesome. It was a, a really cool thing to see. It was, and the players really enjoyed. It. You could tell they were like they were like swinging bats and and stuff, and they would they yeah throw it. Play, it played really some cool. catch before the game and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it was just really it was just yeah. really cool. Awesome. Uh, all right, second beauty, David Pasternak's Winter Classic sticks. Gonna love you, eh? They're gonna be loving you from dawn until dusk. Had a little pasta thing on there. Yeah. The David, the David Ortiz pointing to the sky. Yeah. A little insomnia there it was nice. Fenway scoreboard. Yeah. Great some nice, uh, yeah. you know, green stuff for the green monster. And yeah. And yeah the, so, yeah, it was a really cool design. Too bad he couldn't score one. And, and the skates, he had skates that matched too. He had a little, like some, uh, some Fenway winter classic stuff on the, on yeah. the skates and like some baseball stitching and stuff. So. Yeah, he, yeah, I mean, he's got style. Everybody knows he's got style. He's one of the best oh, yeah. dressed guys in the league. And, oh, sure. uh, you know, he's got uh, all kind of panache. He does. And it was in the, <laughs> the, the field looked great. They had the, they had the, you know, the Pittsburgh little <laughs> emblem and they had the Bruins emblem in there. And they had you know, the fake field snow. looked really good. The fake snow. <laughs> the fake snow. Yeah. The fake snow. Yeah. I mean, they, it, it really looked good. Cotton you know, balls. And, and, you know, but the fucking game sucks. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Uh, all right. And beauty number one, Jake DeBrusque. Oh, uh, They're going to be loving you from dawn until dusk. Jump the gun. We'll give Jake a double shot They're here. Love oh, you, nice. They're going to be loving you from dawn until dusk. Yeah, we're going to be loving you four to six weeks from now when you return. <laughs> but DeBrusque was uh, terrific in the Winter Classic game. He's been great all year. 16 goals, 14 assists, 30 points on the year for for DeBrusque and a big loss for the Bruins for any extended period of time. And hopefully uh, it'll be all systems go and they'll continue to play really good hockey. But uh, I think they'll feel his loss uh, maybe not right away, but as it, as it continues on, I think they will. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I, you know, he's just, uh, he's just been too good for them this year for them not to miss him for, uh, you know, that amount of time. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Three benders now go ahead with the benders. Benders, all right. Number three, we have Fenway Park as a hockey venue. Ah, the bender. Yeah. So we get to our seats, and there's a giant pole in the middle of our view. Did they yeah. tell us their seats were obstructed view? No, they didn't. Fuck right no. off. No. I'll tell you right, right now, if the Red Sox were to sell the team, which I think they may do sooner, sooner or later, uh, but if John Henry sells the team and you're spending $5 billion on the Red Sox and you're getting that 
horseshit dump of a place called Fenway Park as a return with literally nothing else you can do with it. Like there's nothing else you could do with it. I mean, mm-hmm. they've done everything cosmetically. I think you possibly can do with it. Yeah. Other than ripping all the seats out. That's what they should do. In regular seats. That's what they should do. Lose capacity if you did, because they're all eight inches wide. They should but rip I, them out. They should do it. They yeah. absolutely should do it. <clears throat> but unless you could you know, get assurances from the city that you can go to South Boston or somewhere and, and build a new park. That is just the worst investment I think you could possibly make because that place is, is a shithole. It's just, it's just, it's tits on a bull. But it's the memories, Matt. Oh, the memories. Yeah, the memories. <laughs> the memories. Yeah, there was a bowling alley underneath, and now it's up in the bar. Yeah, I mean, yeah, look, a- look, the Yankees won 20, what, 26 world championships at the old Yankee Stadium, and they tore that place down. They did. You know, so let's not, let's not pretend like you can't tear Fenway down and, and build a new stadium with proper modern amenities so that your feet and your knees aren't bruised and battered every time you try to get up or stand up or walk through an aisle. No, hey, look, hey, you know, to sit there for four hours and try to keep your asshole tight because you can't keep in your seat. It's just like, it's not fun. It's just not a good place. I've been to other ballparks. Oh yeah. That are so much better to yeah. watch a game. It's just such a better experience. Oh Pittsburgh my God. And Baltimore. And yeah. I mean, the list goes on. Even sure. St. Louis. And I mean, there's just places everywhere that are so much better to watch a game than Fenway. It's just, it, you can't do anything else with it. Like they've done everything they humanly can with it. Yeah. You know, they closed the street, they did everything you can. It's just, it just sucks. It just does. It's just not a great place to watch a game. And it's $4,000 to go to the game. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, it's put a plate, put up an arena down, put a f- park down like in South Boston, like down by the water. It'd be friggin' phenomenal. That would be. Like the whole place would be f- just phenomenal. You could do all your bells and whistles, fan fest, everything else down there. It'd be sensational. Make a fucking replica of Fenway. That's what they did with Yankee yeah. Stadium. Make the right. same fucking thing, but make it modern. I don't give a make shit if yeah. you want to keep the same dimensions and all that stuff. Fucking bring yeah. some of it with you if you want. Yeah. Bring the yeah. monster with you. Bring Pesky's pole with you. It doesn't matter to me. Bring it. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Bring all, bring it all. Bring all the steel. If you want to keep all the memories, bring all that shit. They sell it right now to the fans anyways. I mean, the people could probably pick up their own bricks that they paid, you know, 1500 bucks for. Bring your brick with you. Grab it. Bring it with you. We'll, we'll put it in at the new place. Yeah. Sell it, sell it. I'll tell you what, now you could sell a pesky pole because Wayne Gretzky just signed it. So now you could sell it for big money. Fantastic. You know, there's, there's, some, there's some great people in there. All right, uh, here we yeah, go. Uh, Bender, Bender number two, the 2024 Winter Classic. Bender. Oh, you're a Seattle Kraken getting after it in Seattle. Doesn't it rain every fucking day there? I think, like, they, have a, I, I think, I think they have a retroactable... Uh, oh, whatever that that place, the way they're playing it as a retractable roof. Oh, really? Yeah. So now you could put. Okay, so you have an outdoor game. That Outdo- you're, yeah. You're marketing. Yeah. And you can put the roof on. You can if you need to. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah that's, but that's, uh, yeah, awesome. Seattle and Vegas, the two uh, the two newest teams. So uh, you know, obviously Seattle is going to be into it. So 
that because they're having a pretty good year this year. So yeah. those fans are are mental, anyways. They we are, know so from football, and they yeah. you know it's a it's a really good sports town. So the, yeah. their fans will be into, it. and the Vegas fans are, have been uh, really great with um, you know staying you know uh, whatever uh, up and up and coming uh, hockey team, and and yeah. the fans have been um, on board for since day one there. So. Um, sure. You know the fan bases will be into it. The game itself, like, no, mm, I don't know. I mean, I mean, are you gonna get one point eight million viewers for that? I don't think you are. No, I mean, you'll get, you'll get, you'll get big, you'll get big interest from the Pacific Northwest and from you know Vegas and and whatnot. Sure. Um, and right. you know maybe some gambling stuff out of Vegas or whatever. But uh, right. you know the the East the, Coast is the, not gonna watch. No, that. the casual. Hockey fans aren't going to tune in, and the no. you know I don't think the original six markets are going to care all that much. So and if, yeah. and if it's raining and you have the roof on, you're playing an indoor game. You are. As an outdoor, as an outdoor that is classic. correct. Terrific. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh, the number one vendor is the Winter Classic on TNT. Ah, the bender. <laughs> TNT, half of America can't watch the game because you because Fubo and all these other places they don't friggin' carry it. No, so you got to sit at a bar. Thank God you went to the game, or you would have been sitting at Jake and Joe's. I would have. I would have been. I would have been. Yeah, I mean, it, it probably yeah. would have been fun. I would have. I would have uh, had some had some nice chicken wings and mm. some beers over there. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. But yeah, uh, chicken, chicken parm egg rolls. Oh, yeah. Jesus, oh, those Jesus. things are fantastic. Really good, yeah. Okay, yeah, but, yeah. but it sucks that TNT. I mean, it, first of all, you have a winter class. This is your marquee event as a league, and you can't get, you can't put it on. NBC won't carry it anymore. Like, come, I mean, un, it's it, I on mean, January second. I mean, it should. It's just, it should have been on ESPN. LSU played Purdue in the Gator Bowl for fuck. There's no college football on either. Yeah, it should have been on ESPN. It should have, but I mean, part of I'm sure it was part of the television deal or whatever. And then the, the the ratings were good, so the people that did have TNT actually watched it. Yeah, so it. so kudos to them. But yeah, I couldn't have watched it if I was actually home. I would have no. had to illegally stream it, uh, which I'll have to do for the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah. Thank you. That's going to be fun. Um, yeah. Or I'll have to go to somewhere else to watch it with other people who will, who, who, will, who will bother the fuck out of me. Oh, Can't absolutely. wait for that. Absolutely. Just like the people who are behind you in the uh, Winter Classic talking about Matt Gross Oh, my God. Some, some, tell you, there were the people sitting behind me were uh, a couple of Legion guys, you know, okay. um, late, yeah. late, I'm going to go late 50s, early 60s. Okay. Uh, yeah. Heavy set guys. Yeah. Knights of Columbus guys. Yeah. yeah. Quite a few beers <laughs> yeah. deep. Yeah. And, they were the loudest talkers I have ever heard in my entire life. Oh, like yeah. oh, their yeah. voice can just carry like you probably yeah. could have heard, like we sat behind home plate. You could have probably heard them on the monster. Like they, their voice just like shot through the air, like light speed. It was just, uh, you could hear them wherever you were. And they were not big fans of Matt Grizzlick. So he made a play in the first, in the first, in the, in the first period. And they said, uh, he sucks. And then they yeah. said him and Carlo sucks. Then they yeah. said mid game, they should trade both Carlo and Grizzlick for anything. Doesn't matter anything. what, anything, anything you can yeah. get. Doesn't matter. Carson Kuhlman, whatever. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, trade yeah. them for anything. And then Grizzlick took a penalty late in the game. And they said, they said, well, at least he can't fucking fuck up from there. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
That's awesome. <laughs> oh man, they were not happy with Matthew yeah. Grizzlick at all. They want, they wanted to trade two defensemen or combined like plus thirty five yeah. a year. Yeah. yeah, for not for anything at all. Anything at all. all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's Bruins fans for you. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh, Bruins Benders power rankings for this week. The L.A. Kings jump back into number seven. They are six two and two in their last ten. They face the Bruins. Coming up next, uh, number six, the Tampa Bay Lightning are back in it, won four in a row. They are in the sixth spot. Fifth spot is Dallas, 7-2-1 and one in the last 10. Uh, Vegas, number four, just 5-5 five and five in their last 10. Number three, Toronto, 53 points, second in the Atlantic. Carolina's won 11 in a row before losing its last game, and Max Pacioretty may be returning. They are number two. And then Boston is first, 29-4-4. Four and four. On the season. Yes, and now let's talk about the teams that aren't doing so hot. This is the Bruins Benders Power Less rankings. And coming mm-hmm. in at number 30 is Anaheim. They have only 24 points, which is tied for Columbus, tied with Columbus for the second lowest in the league. But they've played two more games than the Blue Jackets have. Wow. So they uh, jump in here at, at, uh, at number 30. Uh, Bedard, I think, uh, is on their radar, and Zegers together would be dynamic, oh, uh, and that's yeah. uh, certainly <laughs> certainly what they're hoping for at this point. I think, yeah, yeah, they're one hundred percent over. Coming in at number thirty-one, Chicago Blackhawks. They've lost mm. five in a row, and they have only twenty points and oh. only eight wins on the season. Eight wins. The Bruins have twenty-nine. Eight. Wins, wins and 20 they points. Get, you know what? Here's the thing about this whole thing. Blackhawks, complete dumpster fire, mm-hmm. worst organization in the world uh, for everything that's going on with them. Mm-hmm. And they're going to end up with Bedard. Absolutely will. Yep. It's just awful. It is. It really is. Yeah, it is. I mean, it really and, is. And that's probably what, that's probably what's going to happen. I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised at all if that's uh, if that's what happened. And then coming in, uh, dead last, number thirty-two, your Montreal Canadiens, who have lost six in a row, and they have dropped to last in the Atlantic. It's a damn right. shame, really. I mean, it's, it is. It's it's the Bender's karma. Where we've been just dragging him into the <laughs> we have we've been pulling him down all year. They were they they were above five hundred. They were hovering oh, right yeah. around five hundred, and we just we just kept putting them last. And they finally just uh, had to uh, live up to to their destiny. Yeah, it is it is a it is a real shame that the uh, Canadians have lost six in a row and are and are uh, just tail spinning yep. into oblivion. Uh, all right, prospect spotlight. Not exactly a spotlight on Fabian Lysel as he goes for no goals and a minus one in the world juniors in Sweden was eliminated. They scored 20 goals in six games and Lysel had zero and did not have a very good tournament at all. Yeah, that's it. That's that's uh, I don't know if it's alarming, but it's kind of a shame. You know, you would have liked to see him perform better there um, in, in that tournament especially with playing against kids who are more his, his own age group and, and so forth. Yeah. So uh, a little disappointing that he, that he didn't have a better showing. It, it is. And Providence struggled without him. I mean, they've been struggling yeah. to score goals since he left. And, and Lysel is obviously the top prospect for the Bruins and they need him to be a really good one. I've seen a lot of people with DeBrus, soon as DeBrus got hurt, are they bringing up Lysel? Are they bringing up Lysel? Well, he's not ready for NHL hockey no. folks. 
if you're not paying attention. I mean, he's doing fine in the AHL, and this World Juniors gives you a, a taste of how, uh, you know, he's probably not quite ready yet. Uh, he's still undersized, and he still needs some defensive uh, tweaks to his game, uh, for sure, to, to survive on a team that's going for a cup run, folks. Yeah, you know. So let's let's pump the brakes on Lysel joining this team this year. It just won't happen. Uh, not this year. Uh, all right, the week ahead for the Bruins, January 5th at the L.A. Kings, January 7th at the San Jose Sharks, and January 8th at the Anaheim Ducks with Trevor Zegras on the team. It is a West Coast swing that will not include Jake DeBrusque as he is out uh, with a broken fibula and hopefully uh, will return sooner rather than later. And one last thing before we go, Jim Montgomery's favorite childhood post-outdoor hockey snack. He posted this, uh, or he uh, said this, and was posted by Matt Porter. Uh, peanut butter toast dipped in hot chocolate. Your take on that one? I mean, sounds like a like a little toasted uh, Reese's peanut butter cup. So yeah, you know what? Sounds I'm, you know way, what, Jim? It? I'm in. I'm with you. I'm in on that one. I'll tell you I'm what. In on I'll that. tell you what. Do not. I'll say this about as soon as I saw this, I I thought of this. Do not sleep on melted peanut butter. Oh, melted peanut butter is fantastic. I mean, it is. I mean, peanut butter toast, peanut butter on a bagel, whatever, like a hot bagel or toast, and you put the peanut butter right on it right away, and it's melty. Wow. You know know what is a a sneaky good sandwich, and and maybe uh, some other people can get in on this, is a grilled peanut butter and jelly. Okay, yeah. So instead of grilled cheese, you go, you you know, butter both sides like you're going to grilled cheese it, and and then instead of the cheese, peanut butter and jelly, boom. My goodness. Fantastic. I can tell you right now that that is going to be <laughs> like a game changer in my life. Like that's that, that makes all the sense in the world. It's though. so I good. Mean, it really is. It's fan, it, It's a that, fantastic, and fantastic. You know, what, you know what else is pretty good is that, that place you go to that has the cheeseburger with the peanut butter and jelly. Oh, fuck. Yeah. That place is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Flynn's in Mansfield, Mass yeah. has a uh, peanut butter and jelly cheeseburger with bacon and uh, cheddar cheese on it. It is Fantastic. Wow. Talk about I mean, your melted you. pe- melted peanut butter on there, too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, hot peanut butter is really, really good. It is. So, uh, Monty, we, we, we love it. Yeah, we're, uh, we're with we're you, Monty. All, we're we're all in. Bruins benders are all in on that one. First snow day I have, if we ever have one this winter, uh, I will uh, try the peanut butter dipped in the hot chocolate. Yeah. For sure. Uh, all right. Go to InsideTheRink.com for Bruins benders merchandise. And follow us at Bruins Benders on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Download the Inside the Rink app. Subscribe to the alerts on there. We're on TikTok at Bruins Benders Podcast. And rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts. That is it for episode 14, the Winter Classic episode. We appreciate everybody listening. And go Bruins. Thanks a lot. Mm, Bye-bye. Hey!